Welcome to Faith and Fable, a pastoral podcast that discusses common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. My name is Matt Miller. I'm Matt Henry, and today we're going to fix a fable. So, we're going to look at Proverbs 29.18. This is the one, a version out of the King James that most people are familiar with. It's, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law happy is he. Here's how the ESV renders it, where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Uh, By the way, our internet went down, so we're kind of working off of phones and other sorts of things. So if it sounds a little dorky, it's because we're trying to read from a phone screen. Fumbling. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, We're highly paid professionals, though, so we'll overcome, right? People probably won't even notice it. They'll be just amazed at our rare skills, right? Yeah, sure. Anyhow, so we want to fix this. Um, It's one that you hear in certain contexts within the church. Um, Usually, it's when the pastor or church leader, uh, building committee, they're trying to get people into buying some new idea like a a building uh, fund. And so it's used to argue that a pastor needs to go because the church needs a person of vision. I actually sat in a church there where a guy got up and quoted that verse and it was his argument for why they need to fire. (laughs) It was a really fun business meeting. They wanted to fire their pastor because he wasn't a man of vision and so the church is going to die. So that's just one of the ways that this uh, verse gets used. What are some others? Yeah, uh, so there's some guy named Aidan McCullen. He writes uh, that this, this verse is helpful for businesses which want to help get better engagement from their employees. Oh, there you uh, go. The The problem is that the company lacks vision, so the people become unrestrained and unfocused. And he goes on to note that people who suffer from obesity actually suffer from a lack of vision. <laughs> they, they, they need to put before them the vision that they want for themselves. So they should consider, you know, posters of movie stars, martial artists, or Greek sculptures that convey the vision that they desire. There you go. Uh, Makes sense. That's why God gave that text. Uh, Some of you (laughs) who are older will remember a prominent pastor. His name was D. James Kennedy um, of Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church down in Florida. Um, He apparently still, his ministry is still alive, even though he's dead. Um, Well, this is what he wrote uh, regarding Proverbs 28, 19. He says, vision that inflames your heart. Do you have a vision that inflames your heart with a blue, white flame? Or do you simply live your life because every morning you wake up again and there you are, having to endure just one more miserable day? I believe we we need to have vision for our lives, dreams to reach for, goals to accomplish. As we develop vision, we discover purpose for our lives. If we lack vision, as says the Bible, we perish. Though we may not die physically, we become part of the walking dead who view life as having no meaning. So he goes on, he says, vision gives significance, value, and meaning to our very existence. 
If we want our lives to have significance, then each of us needs to take hold of a vision and pursue it. And as Christians, we need to seek God's vision for our lives. We are not free to choose our own. We have been bought with a price. We have a master and a Lord to serve, and our Lord has clearly described his vision for us, reaching the world for Christ. How does God envision fulfilling that goal through you? If you lack vision for your life, pray that God would reveal to you his vision for you. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, some New Age guru says that this verse speaks in this way, says, vision means an image you hold in your mind of something you want to create or experience. The law means universal truths. Some people refer to this as God's law or God's word. Again, use whatever terminology you're comfortable with. (laughs) (laughs) For, For this person, there are really no absolutes, even though he seeks to make some absolutes. Uh, the vision is something that you privately hold and keep before you in your mind and your mind's eye. And the law is that uh, the law that is referenced merely speaks to something called universal truths. All right. So then there's a video I got the pleasure of watching uh, where he argues that we need to create our reality by having a clear vision of what ought to be, and it will then become. A reality, so it's kind of a name it, claim it, law of attraction kind of thing. But this guy is purporting to be a Christian. Um, another guy actually argues that the vision is not the same as a burden; that you can have a vision to uh, build a ministry, but not a vision. Oh, yeah, you can have a burden to build a vision, ministry, but not a vision for that ministry. A burden for people or a specific work is fine, he says, but it cannot survive the challenges that life brings. It will perish. But a vision will allow the ministry to live. And then um, there are the, the many charismatic uh, type of approaches, uh, prophetic type of organizations and individuals who will use this to promote the need to support their prophetic ministry. Uh, The the people of God need prophets, uh, people who receive visions from God and who can help lead the people of God into greater things. And then finally, uh, there's one fundamentalist Baptist that I heard who argues that this is speaking of a vision for soul winning. And so if we don't keep a vision of souls that need to be saved, then they will perish. So we need the vision of, uh, we have to maintain a vision of lost souls, a vision of God's judgment, and a vision of the horrors of hell. Nice three-point sermon yeah. there. Um, good old fundamentalist Baptist. There right? you go. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, none <laughs> of those approaches actually deal with the meaning of the text. Uh, rather, they're reflecting either some sort of new agey sort of trash, or they are trying to sell some sort of plan or product. Uh, so the meaning is quite simple if you just understand the nature of parallelisms, uh, especially Hebrew ones. These are various, there's various kinds or types of parallels if you can learn them, uh, or at least jot down a couple of the key ones inside of the cover of your Bible, uh, and you'll find that many passages in the Old Testament just begin to make a lot more sense. Especially, I mean, you think about it, all of the prophets, with the exception of like Jonah, um, it's all parallelism. That's how they thought. Yeah, and so it's once you understand it, it's like these verses make a lot more sense. Yes. <laughs> now that you know what's going on is that they're writing it that way. So it's really something, folks, that you need to learn if you're going to be a student of the Word. Uh, one of them uh, is called a synonymous parallelism. Very simply, all it is is two or more lines, and the lines actually agree with each other. Essentially, what they do is they repeat repeat the same concept 
in slightly different ways, and they make the meaning larger. So the way you can usually know that you're dealing with a synonymous parallelism in a proverb or a psalm or a prophetic text is that the key marker is to look for the word and. So here's an example in Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Those are not two separate distinct ideas. Actually, they're saying the same thing. To trust in the Lord means that you're not trusting in your own understanding. So if you ever wonder, well, what, what's, what's he getting at? He's just simply saying a trust in the Lord is different than trusting in your own understanding. But the bigger idea is uh, where, it, where are we placing our trust? Is it in the Lord or in ourselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so this one here in Proverbs 28, this is a parallelism, and it's uh, specifically what is called an antithetical parallelism, uh, which means that the two lines are uh, stating the opposite points. Yeah, contrast. Yeah. So the the points are tightly connected. Uh, oh, oh, and we forgot to note, the marker there would be a but. So yeah, the first line will say con- one thing and then but, and, and so now you know that they're contrasting. Yeah, and a nice adversative there. Uh, Ooh, fancy adversative. You're right. Yeah. Nice. So I'm here. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, the, those two points, so they're going to be tightly connected. And uh, once you know that, you can see the parallel structure there very easily. Uh, so in this verse, the word vision uh, parallels there with the word law, and then unrestrained uh, or perish uh, will contrast there with the word happy yeah. as often translated. So when we talk about vision or prophetic vision, it is not some dream that you had uh, or someone standing in front of the church and sharing that God gave them a vision. Rather, uh, it here is the word of God. Um, in, in the days of Solomon, the word was not fully given and the prophets would come and declare it. So like they didn't have the full Bible. Right. Uh, so you'd have prophets who would God would raise up. Um, this is what is meant by the term law. Uh, it is not just the Ten Commandments, but it's a common term that is referencing the whole of the word. Yeah. So when people do not have the word, then they go every which way. Uh, they go to their death, um, and they do whatever it is in their hearts to do. Uh, and in all of that, they're unrestrained and being blown about. In fact, we talked about that off mic a little bit about that's the essence of judges, right? Um, at the end of each judge, well, what, how, how's the phrase go? Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Right. Yeah. They were unrestrained. They're all over the place. And death as a result. Isn't that so much the church today? I, I, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I was talking to a person literally just a few days ago, and they were talking about conversations they had with a friend, and they were showing what the word said, and their friends were very nice, but insistent of, yeah, that's, that's not what we think. And they were just all over the map as a result because they had all of these other different, even though they claimed Christ, they had all these different influences that really is what matters. Science, psychology, uh, social pressures, yep. right? And and we still deal with that all the time as pastors. How often have you told people who say, hey, help me with uh, uh, raising my child? Or what do I do with my little newborn baby? Or we take them through premarital right. <laughs> and they're all nodding. Yeah, yeah, this makes total sense. And then they're married and it all goes out the window. <laughs> uh, and it's like, 
They go, go to back. some secular technique. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or what's comfortable because that's what how they were raised. But the word of God is not there. Yeah. So so the word though, uh, how it's it, that is what helps guide and control a person as they learn to submit themselves to it, and that is the key point. Uh, and with all that, it then as the proverb would state, brings a contentment, joy, peace, yeah, happiness. Yeah. So that's really what it means. Uh, it's not a verse to argue that people need to follow your vision. And so if you get somebody who's trying to use this to buy into your vision, no, that's not what it's about. Rather, it's a verse to speak of the value of the Word of God and the necessity to hear it taught. In fact, we would argue that this involves true expository preaching, uh, and it is one of the foundational problems with the Western Church today. So instead of hearing men get up every Sunday and say, thus saith the Lord, and open the word and ably exposit it, we hear everything and anything but that faithful, consistent unfolding of the word given to us by the Spirit. And to be honest, it's killing us. You got any thoughts on that? No, other than just to say amen. Amen. I agree with that. And that's it. Yep. Our fable is fixed. <laughs> Anyhow, we hope that you'll share this. These are nice little short, quick things that won't take a lot of your time, but we hope that in doing so that we can help you start looking at passages that get tossed around every which way and realize that the, the meaning is oftentimes a lot less boring, but also much more important than what you get uh, from the, the people teaching you because they're not actually teaching you the Word of God. Share this as you will. Um, continue to listen. Send us a note. If there's actually a passage we haven't dealt with, uh, we would love to hear from you. Um, just say, hey, here's a passage I think it's not used right. Um, I'm not sure, though. And we would love to hear from you, and then we will make it a point to continue to seek to fix those fables. But, so as, as always, share on the, the various social networks that you're on. Uh, share it with a friend and also tell a friend. Mm-hmm.